0: Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. I am Sam Rosenberg. Today is Wednesday, July twenty fifth, twenty eighteen. We are deep into the off season, or as I like to call it, the dog days of summer for the football and basketball leagues. Most of the major free agents have already been signed for both leagues at this point. Uh, football is getting ready for training camp, but the NBA, um you know, now we're seeing, you know. G League players, two two way players, um, veterans, uh, guys from overseas. The, this is when all of them get signed. So you're going to see very little news go by uh, after most of the major signings have happened. This is really a very slow time for the NBA. Um, but I have to, you know, I have to highlight. I want to talk about are the 76ers better this year? Um, so we saw essentially a little bit of a. Um, some things that happened over the summer, we saw them. We saw them draft Mikhail Bridges and trade him for Zaire Smith. We saw them sign, you know, Amir Johnson and JJ Redick back. They brought in Wilson Chandler. They brought in Mike Mascala. They sent out uh, uh, Justin Anderson and Timotei Luwawu Um, But I'm gonna. T- Yesterday, I was called by my father because he was like, "What the hell's going on with this Sixers team? Are they any better than they were last year?" And I'm upset that they got rid of Justin Anderson and Ilyasova and Bellinelli. And then my brother, the season ticket holder, Dan, called me today and said, Sam, what the hell's going on with this team? They're not any better. They haven't made any major improvements. And what the fuck's going on? So I thought it would be appropriate to talk a little bit about some of my thoughts on the team because these are the same thoughts I shared with my brother and my father. And now, let me be very clear. You know, my brother and my father are diehard Sixer fans. I mean, these are guys who have really, you know, you know, would you know, pour blood, sweat and tears into their fandom for these teams. And, you know, my father was the season ticket holder for 40 years. He passed the tickets down to my brother, who's now the season ticket holder. And the reality is these guys care about the team. They're homers. They love their players. They fall in love with fan favorites. And they care deeply about where this team is going and what they're doing. So when they both called me and sort of said, what the hell's going on? You know, I'm just going to be candid. I, I follow, you know, the NBA and the Sixers very closely, maybe a little bit more than my my father. My, actually, that's not true. They follow them, but I'm very, very attuned to some of the free agency moves, some of the cap ra- uh, ramifications. And, you know, I'm, I'm sensitive to that. Whereas I think my brother and my father might not always be at, at the same time. So, they call me, and they're sort of upset because all these fan favorites have gone out the door. Ilyasova's gone, Bellinelli is gone, uh, and Justin Anderson just got traded in this uh, in this Carmelo Anthony deal. So. You know, both of them give me the sense of, like, what the hell's going on? You know, Ilyasova and Bellinelli were great for this team. And you can't make any—you can't argue with that. They were great additions during a playoff run for the Sixers last year. They fit in very well. They, you know, they added some shooting and some and some space on the floor where they didn't have it. They were even more valuable when Embiid went down and you had to have Ilyasova play the five or the four and actually, you know, take those charges and make a very big defensive impression Um, but the truth of the matter is, in my opinion, those guys are older players who were the right time, right place last year, and the reality is they played great basketball, and they warranted getting another contract. Those are guys who want to have two, three-year contracts because they're in the twilight of their NBA careers, and they want to have assurances that they're going to be playing for the next couple of years. The Sixers don't want to do that. Sixers don't want to lock themselves up into long term contracts. They don't want to sign two year deals or three year deals with guys who are over the age of 34 years old. That's not what they want to do. They don't want to lock, they'll go pick those guys up again at the trade deadline in February or March this year, but they're not going to give them money right now. So, in that regard, it didn't surprise me that Bellinelli and Ilyasova walked out the door. Um, Now, the players that the Sixers have brought in to replace them is a little questionable. So let's go down the list. They let Ilyasova and Bellinelli walk. Ilyasova signs a three-year deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. That'll be his second stint with the Bucks. And Ilyas- and uh, Bellinelli signs a two-year deal with the Spurs. That will be his second stint with the Spurs because Bellinelli already won a championship with the Spurs back in 2014. You also saw them trade Timotei Luabu-Cabarro to the Thunder in the Carmelo Anthony deal. They traded Justin Anderson to the Hawks in the Carmelo Anthony deal, and they got back Mike Muscala. The other guy that they they let go was they just traded Rashawn Holmes to the Phoenix Suns, essentially for cash considerations. And now you start to look at who exactly did they bring back in after getting rid of all these guys. They re-signed J.J. Redick to another one-year deal. They re-signed Amir Johnson to another one-year deal. They brought in Wilson Chandler, who is a little overpaid, but he's on an expiring one-year deal. They've got Jonah Bolden, this uh, you know second-round center who they had stashed over in Europe this past year. They're now bringing him back over to the team. And then, the big question marks, they've got draft pick Zaire Smith, and they've got Markel Fultz. So... That's essentially what we're looking at. Now, they they did have Bi- Bijalitza, but I mean, he just toyed with them. So Bijalitza was going to come in and be Ilyasova, and then he flip-flopped, decided to go to Europe, said screw him, and ended up signing a three-year deal with the Sacramento Kings. You know, good fucking riddance, dude. Have fun playing in Sacramento. But I feel that Moscala was the guy who they brought in to kind of fill that Ilyasova role when they couldn't get Bijalitza. But I have to just state the, the thesis stent, uh, the thesis statement right now of my brother and my father are accurate, and I have to agree with it. What the hell have the Sixers done to get better, and are they better? I don't necessarily think they are better, at least not on paper. And let me explain why. They didn't make any real splashes. You know, when you saw after the draft, when the Sixers drafted Mikal Bridges at number ten, and then traded him to the Suns so they could get Zaire Smith and a draft pick. Immediately after that there was a lot of questioning because it was a dicey move and it was sort of like, you know, it was painful to see this Villanova Philadelphia product get moved immediately. It was really heart-wrenching. It was a very real example of, you know, how cruel the NBA can be sometimes. There's not friends around here. It's only championships. So, at that press conference Brett Brown, where the Sixers were functioning without a general manager, Brett Brown essentially said, "We are star hunting." Okay, In order to take the next major step in this league, we need to bring another star onto this team. So that was one of their key goals this offseason, and they have not accomplished that. Okay, They tried to get LeBron James, they struck out. They tried to trade for Kawhi Leonard, they struck out. Those were two huge names that they wanted to bring onto this Philadelphia squad, and their ability and their, and their performance last season started to warrant at least a look by some of these superstars, and the reality is they couldn't get them they they struck out on both of them and so now they don't have a major star who they're going to be able to add to the franchise and because of that you're left sitting with the same core of guys and as i was mentioning to my brother and my father th- this team is going to have the same starting five next year you're going to you, it's going to be Ben Simmons, JJ Redick, Robert Covington, Dario Saric and Joel Embiid same starting five they're just going to trot the team right back out there And now, and now, the one thing, the the one, they're going to focus on hoping that these players take a step forward. They're going to focus on hoping Ben Simmons is a year better, that Joel Embiid is one year better. Um, They're going to hope that Zaire Smith brings a lot to this team. He's a defender, he's athletic, he can shoot, he can get to the hoop, and he's a wingman. You know, one of the things that the Sixers didn't really have a lot of strength in was defense on the wing. You know, you would see, you know, aside from Robert Covington, you know, you had Bellinelli who was a great shooter, but not a great defender. Um, You know, and maybe that was some of the knock on Justin Anderson. You know, how strong a defender was Justin Anderson? That might have been the reason why they moved him. Uh, Same thing with Rashawn Holmes. Rashawn Holmes would make defensive mistakes where Amir Johnson wouldn't. And for a long time, my father has been a big Rashawn Holmes fan, and he has not been a fan of Amir Johnson. So when the Sixers signed Amir Johnson to another one-year deal and traded Rashawn Holmes, he was pulling his fucking hair out, saying, what are you guys doing? This guy Holmes is athletic. He gets to the hoop. Whenever he's on the floor, things happen. And Amir Johnson, he's a serviceable backup. You know, you're losing a lot of offense when he goes out onto the floor. And I can't disagree with those things. The things I can agree with, though, are the fact that Amir Johnson makes smarter plays. He's a wiser defender on the court than Rashawn Holmes is. He makes less mistakes. And for a team that has had nothing but young guys, there's always kind of been this constant clamoring to get veteran leadership into the locker room. J.J. Redick was certainly an example of that. But Amir Johnson is as well. Amir Johnson's been playing in this league for at least 13 years. He knows his way around a locker room, and he knows what his place is, what his job is, and what he's supposed to do. I actually think he's a great fit for that Sixer team, just like I think Reddick is a great fit for that Sixer team. But again, they didn't make any notable improvements. Because they struck out on those superstars, all they essentially did was just, they just re-upped. You know, they brought Reddick back for another year. They're like, that worked last year. Why fuck with it? Let's keep the continuity. We'll give him another one-year deal. We're not gonna, you know, overpay him like we did last year. We're just gonna say, listen, you you want to stay? We want you to stay. We don't want to give out long-term deals because we want to stay flexible with the cap for next summer. When and let's be clear here: next summer, summer of 2019, there are going to be an awful lot, an awful lot of free agents coming up in uh, during free agency next summer. So many that, you know, I'm looking it up right now, that it's just bonkers to think about. And this is something that cannot be ignored. And it's something that the Sixers are keeping in mind as they sign these one-year deals and try to stay flexible. Um, Here's a few guys who are going to be in uh, free agency next summer. Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Chris porzingis Carl Anthony Towns, Terry Rozier, D'Angelo Russell, Kelly Oubre, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler... Um, Al Horford Kemba Walker DeAndre Jordan Goran Dragic Marcus Gasol and DeMarcus Cousins that's a lot of fucking names that are going to go into free agency and you know what the Sixers want to stay flexible for that time that's why they're only giving a one year deal to JJ Redick let's just roll it back give a one year deal to Amir Johnson let's just roll it back and then all these other guys that they brought in, those are just—they're just swapping out role players and bench players. You know, you lose Ilyasova, you bring in Mike Muscala. He might not be the exact same thing, but he's going to play a very, very similar role. You know, you lose a guy like Justin Anderson, and you bring in a guy like Wilson Chandler, who I think Wilson Chandler is going to add some some physicality, some shooting, like. I think Wilson Chandler was essentially a salary dump from Denver, but I think he'll be a nice fit for this Sixer team and play some real minutes and then could be a nice trade chip at the trade deadline. I actually kind of feel positive about Wilson Chandler coming in, and I think this is another veteran presence which, you know, could be more valuable to this team than I think people are giving him credit for. Jonah Bolden they clearly think he's going to be the replacement for Rashawn Holmes. I think whatever they saw in Holmes, they saw enough of it after three seasons that they knew that they were ready to move on. And Jonah Bolden is a guy they were excited about last year when they drafted him. So I feel like he's going to come in and slip into that backup or third string, you know, center position where when there's nights when Embiid is hurt and you're going to have to start Amir Johnson and bring Bolden in to back him up, or when there's nights when Embiid is playing and uh, someone gets into foul trouble, or if you just need to get some rest. Bolden's a big body who they're counting on a lot. Now, the real wild card, the ultimate wild card that is going to probably really, really make a huge difference with whether or not this team is going to be marketably better next year is Markel Fultz. The guy was the number one pick in the draft, and we saw virtually nothing from him last year. If he comes out this year, plays a full season, and is really good, like adds that much to this Sixer team, all of a sudden, we're talking. Because now we're talking about a team that's got Embiid, Simmons, and Fultz. We're talking about a monster franchise of young guys, and you can just start plugging and playing guys around them to figure out which team works. And Zaire Smith, I think, is the other wild card. How much they're going to get out of him in his rookie season, I think they're hoping to get a lot out of him. Maybe not, you know, the same things that they could get out of Markel Foltz. I think they're hoping more out of Fultz. But those two guys, in my mind, are two of the biggest wild cards. You know what you're getting from Sarich and Embiid and Covington. You know what you're getting from Sarich and Covington um, and J.J. Redick, for that matter. But Embiid getting better. Simmons getting better. Hopefully, Sarich getting better. He seems to get better every year. I love that guy. What is Markel Fultz going to do this year? What is Zaire Smith going to do this year? Those guys are the huge, huge difference makers. If the if those guys are good, if Simmons and Embiid are better, all of a sudden, now you don't feel so bad about the Sixers kind of standing pat this summer. But to to ask the question, are the Sixers better? I don't really know if they're better right now. You we can't we have to wait and see. But on paper, this team is not better. On paper. They are still contending against the Raptors and the Celtics. The Celtics didn't do anything, and they're getting Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward back. Okay? This was a Celtics team that eliminated the Sixers from the playoffs, and now two of the two of their best players are coming back. The Celtics are going to be the team to knock off the mountaintop. Then you've got the Toronto Raptors. All three of these teams are in the same division. They're all in the the Atlantic division, along with the Knicks and Nets, who are going to be eating dog shit for the next couple of years as long as they're in the same division with these teams. The Raptors just got Kawhi Leonard. And even if he leaves after next season, there's a very real chance he's probably going to play all this year. And then you've got the Raptors to contend with. So the Raptors and the Celtics, who both look... If we're talking about teams on paper, they look better than the Sixers right now on paper. So... They're going to have to go up against these teams and try to at least fight it out and duke it out with them and steal some wins because if they want to feel like they're getting better at all, if they want to get into the playoffs and make some noise, if they want to show the league that they are getting better, they've got to be able to push around the Celtics and the Raptors. And right now with the team they have, I don't believe they can do it. So I don't think the Sixers are better right now. I like the additional role players they brought in because I think they offer a little bit more promise and a higher upside, but... If you ask me if the Sixers are better, no. No, they're not. The offseason is not over. There's still moves that they could possibly make. They could make another trade, but no, I don't think they're better. And as diehard Sixers fans as my father and my brother are, they should be upset. Because what you're seeing right now, in my opinion, this is the ramifications of not having a general manager. You know, you can say whatever you want about Brian Colangelo, whether you thought he was a good GM or not, but the reality is he was a competent seasoned veteran GM who knows what he's doing, has relationships around the league, and would have at least steered the ship well enough through this offseason that probably they might have had a little bit more to show for it, other than just Wilson Chandler and a Zaire Smith, you know, trade on draft day for a pick. Maybe they would have swung a bigger trade. Maybe they would have gotten a bigger name in here. But I mean, listen, it's its its embarrassing. And and on top of that, these free agents, why are they going to come to a team that doesn't have a GM after their GM just got ousted over a Twitter fiasco? I mean, holy fucking shit. So that couldn't have helped their cause. I think it definitely worked against them. And now we just have to hold out hope that the Sixers can make the most of this season, continue to grow. I mean, that's the one, that well, one thing. I've said there's lots of things, but I'm really excited about the continuity. There's a lot of continuity with this team. You have the same starting five. You have a lot of the same guys coming back. You are still building this, you know, thing, this culture that Brett Brown is trying to build. And, you know, I can't get out of here without mentioning uh, uh, Fourcon Kirkmaz, you know, or Furkan uh, Korkmaz, thank you. Furkan Korkmaz, he was on the bench all last year, but he came in in Summer League and showed everybody that this guy has got a three-point stroke. And he was exciting in Summer League. That doesn't always compute to minutes on the team, but that's a guy who was fighting for a roster spot, especially when you're sitting there saying, you know, two of the roster spots are for Korkmaz and Lawawu Cabareau and Justin Anderson, you know, now you're moving guys out. If anything, they're rotating these guys out saying, listen, we need you to be awesome. And if you're not going to be awesome, we've given you time. It's time to leave because we're here. We are now not focused on tear down tank mode. We're focused on building a championship mode. Lawawu Cabareau, we don't have time to wait around for you. So, you know, guys like Furkan Korkmaz, we don't have time to wait around for you. So you're either going to contribute as a three-point shooter right now to this team and get real minutes aside from playing you know, garbage minutes at the end of the game, or we're going to get rid of you. So that's another guy where it's sort of like he and Jonah Bolden. These are draft picks where we're hoping for a lot out of these guys. And if we don't see it in a season or two, they're going to move them and bring in somebody else to see if they can do the job. So I'm still optimistic. My brother and my father are you know justifiably upset but we've just got to see we've got to see how this thing shakes out the first couple of months of the season are going to tell us a lot especially about Markel Fultz and especially about Zaire Smith and the promise of those rookies is going to be some of the biggest difference makers for how well this team does this year and you just got to wait and see all right that's all I got. I had to rant and rave about the Sixers team right now because it was just too apropos that I was talking to my brother and my father about how well this team was doing in the offseason because I got to agree with them. They don't look better right now. They just look kind of the same. Okay, thanks a lot for listening to Sam Sports Podcast. You can subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud is where I would really recommend you go. You get the best feed there. Um, Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithfaceJones. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. And you can always email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, In the meantime... Watch out for the heat. Enjoy the summer. Uh, be sure to check in on all the free agency that's going to still happen before uh, the off over. It looks like most of it's done, but OTAs and training camps will be starting for uh, training camps will be starting for the NFL, and it won't be too long before training camps start for the NBA as well. Um, Kawhi Leonard is now a Raptor. I couldn't get out of this without mentioning Kawhi. The drama is too big for us to get out of an entire podcast without talking about Kawhi Leonard. Uh, As always, thanks a lot for listening. I'll be back next week to talk more off-season moves and uh, get ready and excited for the upcoming season. Take it easy. Bye-bye.